All right, gentlemen. I wanna I wanna thank you for coming on. This is our sixth episode of the Underground Footy Podcast. Um, people know you guys know I'm most most Ray. I'm gonna be the uh, the host on this, and I'm feeling really really blessed to have you guys on. Um, what I'd like to do is have everyone introduce themselves. Um, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start with my guy. Uh, Mark and uh, I, I know we got Coach Coach Goodwine on here too from uh, Future Monarchs. Um, big congrats on uh, just winning the Dallas Cup with your 2003 yeah. side. That was awesome. I mean, you guys are from Prince George's County, where I'm from as well, and uh, hence the name PG Young Boys. And you know, it was just it was exciting to see what you guys did. Um, to the left of uh, to the left of Mark, I have I have Cornell Borneo, who uh, uh, runs um, Alliance FC out of West Virginia, and up in the uh, in the upper left, we have uh, Mr. Anthony James of Soccer Vision Academy out of Ohio. So, guys, again, I want to thank you, and are you ready to step on the subway? Let's get it. Let's get it. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's now let's, you know, let's, let's just start off with this. I, I want to know how long ago you started uh, your club. Now these are all black owned clubs. Um, although all the clubs do carry diversity and no one is ever excluded. That's the first thing I want to say, but I want to know about, one, what triggered you to start the club, all right? And again, I'll start with you, uh, Mark, and Glenn, you kick in anytime you're ready. Uh, any information he's leaving out. I, I think what, what, what triggered us into starting the club was we were, we were uh, a boys and girls club. So we were just a small team uh, playing boys and girls club, um, actually started with John Washington actually was, well, let me go back. I started it, started first coaching some of the kids. I have an older son that's 20. He was playing, uh, my youngest son to 17, which is part of the 03 team uh, was playing. I was coaching them at a younger age, um, at, at the age of five or whatever, playing for Marlboro Boys and Girls Club. And how it started was, we just started running through the boys and girls club leagues and we needed now something. What, now what year, what year was this? This was probably seven, seven, 2007, eight, mm. somewhere around there. Um, the, the futures future started as real Maryland. We were actually a professional organization, real Maryland. So that's where it started. Okay. Uh, which we were playing in, um, uh, professional. So from that, we started the uh, nonprofit and started the started playing with the uh, with the kids. But it started as a professional organization mm -hmm. out in Montgomery County. Um, and then we started with the kids because, again, we had nowhere for the kids to go to go play. I told you before we had talked to some of the other clubs about coming down to PG County and helping us out. And 
uh, you know, we just got told no, 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 no. Uh, and then that led us to talking to someone who had Real Maryland. So I, I didn't I didn't start Real Maryland. OK, he was actually running Real Maryland at the time. And we started doing the the nonprofit, the the the, the, the kids where he was more so running the um, the professional side of the of the club. And then just so had it, the professional side wasn't doing very well. We had to shut that down and just kind of focus on uh, uh, on the future side. Um, he then left left me the club, and we just went from there. And it just it just has 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 grown since then. So that's how we started. Um, but it started just from a boys and girls club. One team started playing boys and girls club. And then it grew from there. And how many teams do you carry now? We are 12 now. 12 teams? Yes. Okay, now is that is that like um, first, is it, is it multiple teams in different age groups? Yes, different age groups. We have a Montgomery County side. We have a PG side. So yes, because it, it started in Montgomery County, the professional side, and then it grew to PG. Okay, I got you. And for those that don't know, PG is Prince George's County in Maryland. I'm sorry. Let, yeah, let, let me be more specific. Yeah, man. We, Prince George's we, County. You got to understand, I'm, I'm looking at my stats. I got people in Europe watching, bro. You got okay. Me. Okay. Yeah. So Prince George's <laughs> County here in, in, in Maryland. So yes. Yes. That, that's how it. And then as we started to evolve and grow, that's where uh, Coach Glenn uh, Goodwine, who you see on the podcast, came into play. Glenn had a. Uh, a team that he was coaching and Glenn had um, brought his team over to play with uh, future at the time. And we just grew from there. Friendship grew the, the, you know, the knowledge of the game that Glenn had grew with, with me and, and we just kind of went from there. So mm -hmm. I'll let Glenn talk a little bit about, about how he came in and how he came about as well. Um, how you guys doing? Uh, Glenn Gawine, uh coach, dad, mentor, uh, sometimes uh, taxi driver for these kids getting into games and, <laughs> and practices. Um, I came to the area in, in 93 and uh, as a Howard University student and a member of the Howard University men's varsity soccer team where I played with uh, Coach Tucker and Coach Landy. Um, uh, graduated in 1998, and um, I ended up going back to Atlanta, where uh, my family lives now. Um, I, I actually grew up playing soccer in Texas and in Atlanta, but um, you know, ended up here because of school. I moved back to the DC area in '99, and um, you know, I. I ended up staying here. Uh, honestly, I, I, I had no intentions of, of, of coaching. Um, my uh, IT career was doing well, and my DJ career was doing well. All right. <laughs> uh, you can spin. You from the Mecca, and you can spin, and you played football there? Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. So... Um, you know, but, uh, I, you know, I, I had a son and, you know, me and his mother, we didn't, we didn't make the distance. Uh, we ended up 
you know, separating and um, I ended up getting full custody of my son when he was six years old. So uh, the lifestyle of a DJ and being a single parent does not mix. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I, I started pretty, pretty much my son was playing baseball, soccer, basketball, you know, uh, neighborhood guys asking to play football. He was just all over the place before. Um, but being in Montgomery County, um, which, you know, for those who don't know, uh, Montgomery County is a, is a hotbed for soccer. Lots of teams, lots of clubs, lots of kids play. Um, the area that I live in um, is in Wheaton, which is right north of uh, Silver Springs. Super diverse area, one of the most diverse uh, cities in the United States. And um, I just thought it was pretty cool how all the kids played. It wasn't like just the white kids played or just the Spanish kids played. It was like all the kids. And I had never been in that in any environment where all, uh, like literally all the kids played. And we started out playing uh, with MSI, uh, which mm -hmm. is Montgomery Soccer Incorporated. It's a rec league, but it's the largest soccer organization. It's the largest youth sports organization in the entire state. I think they have over 30,000 kids. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, they got to the point where we were getting pretty good. So uh, I ended up uh, coaching what they call a classic team, which is select um, at, I think, U9. And, um, and you only go so far with, with MSI. Uh, you know, you're just playing teams from within the county. And I knew that in order to go to the next level of travel that we would have to um, get out of MSI and, and go into another league. And um, that's how I met Joel, Joel uh, Flores. Uh, Joel had an NCSL team um, that was literally right down the street from me um, in Wheaton um, in the Beersmill area. And they're pretty good. You know, it was um, all, all Latino kids. You know, I think there was uh, one Ethiopian kid and, and one kid from whose parents were from Senegal. But all the rest of the kids were, were Latino. And, um, you know, my son and I, we went over and started playing with them and I started coaching with them. And one day I was at the soccer flex in Germantown and I saw these kids in black and yellow kits and they were balling. And I was like, my goodness, who, who are these kids, right? And so I walk over and I started watching the game and, you know, it, all, all the kids on the team were black except for uh, Santo. There's one one white kid on the team, and I, I was enamored because I was like, "Wow, I've never seen this in youth soccer ever." You know, um, a team that good, and I could I could tell they were really well coached, and they were just good. And I was like, "Wow!" Like I was taken aback, and so you know, I walked over to Mark and I asked him, "I was like." You know, where are you guys from? You know, at the time, I think John Washington was coaching the team. And, um, you know, we exchanged information. I let them know who I was. You know, I kind of told them about what we had going on in the Wheaton area. And so he was like, well, you know, why don't we get our teams together and, you know, do a couple of scrimmages. Our team was a little older than, than Mark's team. And so, um, you know, we got our kids together at the uh, Sports and Learning Complex which for my boys who were used to playing, you know, basically in a big open grass field um, in Silver Spring, 
and then going to the sports and learning complex, which is basically a stadium. Uh, they, my boys were like, wow, like, you know, they were looking around like, man, this is awesome. These kids get to practice here. Like, and so um, uh, we ended up bringing uh, several of the teams from Real Barca, which was the, uh, the Latino team I was coaching with, uh, with Coach uh, Joel over the future. Mm-hmm. And um, I, the, the club kind of grew from there. You know, I think, uh, like Mark mentioned earlier, uh, there's a Montgomery County side where, um, you know, the kids are from, you know, the Silver Spring, Germantown, Rockwood area. Um, they tend to play more in TSL. Uh, some of the some of the teams play EDP, but they they don't do as much traveling and stuff as, as the PG side um, do. Um, well, let me let me ask you something. Yes. You, you've mentioned NCSL uh, a few times, and for, for, for me coming out of this area, I remember our kids, um, I started with a club called Quick Feet, and then with Quick Feet, we played in the CMSSL, and once you hit 11 years old, they went to something else like OBSL or something where it was like split age groups. It was really watered down. Like CMSSL, we we enjoyed that, you know. Um, but the thing that I found out, and and I was new to it at that point, was that you couldn't really get into NCSL. You had to go through somebody who already had NCSL, and they basically wouldn't charter any new members because they would ask the old members, "Can we let them in?" Which who's going to do that? Hey, 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 most. Let me explain something. We had to go through that so embarrassing because uh, we were we were just a super Y team club, and then we um, we then you know played CMSSL as well, OBSL, and then we tried to get into NCSL, okay, mm-hmm. and NCSL turned us down the first time. Okay, because we were in PG County. Right. Because, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't until I learned how to play the game and to bring, bring certain people with me to the NCSL meeting <laughs> to, to actually get voted into NCSL. So it was, it, and then sitting in the NCSL meetings and having people come up there, you know, different clubs, Latino clubs in different places. And tell everyone all what I'm doing, what I have, um, who runs the club, how many teams I have, and then for them to just vote and say no was just disgraceful. Yeah. I just felt bad yeah. for these people. So, but that, that's what NCSL did. It was it was a closed niche type of club. I you mean, know. and and the thing about the other thing about it, and I mean, like I said, we don't have to. I mean, they're pretty much done in my opinion, but. Yeah, you know, yeah, the yeah. thing was, it wasn't player centric model. So you couldn't move mm-hmm. kids around in your in your in your club according to, you know, to develop them. And they were like, you can have two underage players on the team. That was it. It was just it was basically built around clubs and like, and it was very the big uh, clubs, the big clubs, the, the big, big clubs. clubs. They could exclude whoever yes. they wanted. Yes, yes. And that was something that we came across where a lot of our kids 
were forced to go to other clubs to play in leagues because, like you say, it topped out at U11 pretty much. And after that, the level of play or well, competition, I won't say the level of play, the level of competition and organization was no longer available. So, you know, that, I mean, pretty much anytime there's disruption, it seems that there's evolution to some degree, right? So then, you know, I don't know when you guys, you guys dealt with, I'm sure, EDP at some point. Yeah, we, we NCSL, um, well, at one point, NCSL was the place to play. Yeah. That's where all the competition was. So all the clubs played NCSL. And then these bigger clubs that had more than two and three and four teams per age group had to put their kids somewhere else. And I believe EDP saw what was going on because you had so many other smaller clubs that teams were very good, but could right. not get into NCSL. Or, or they only had one or two teams. Now, Correct. I will say Correct. this, EDP, CMSSL, all of them did promotion relegation. Yes. So it was like yes. top two teams went up, yep. bottom two teams went down. Otherwise, yep. you were stable. I took it for granted, but I know that it drove coaches and teams to get better. So, yep. okay. Now, I'm going to step away from you guys for a minute, and I'm going to go to Cornell. Um, Cornell, how did, you, how did you get involved in running your own club? Well, we, um, I was coaching for another club before uh, it was a girls team we started with and um there was a little bit of hiccup within that club and then one of the parents actually kind of pull away um some of the girls uh, the club didn't wanted to take them back long story short this was back in 2008 and i was coaching a team at, at the other club and then they said hey um, do you want to, we wanted to coach the girls and we started coaching the girls underneath Fury Soccer Club. Um, it was one team and then we added, uh, the, the girls did well and we added a second girls team. And then my son, I got a 21 year old son too as well. Um, he, he was playing too and obviously started a little group for him and we just get kids from all over. Um, came out to try out for that team and then it kind of took off we had three teams and then we now, went now, now now tell us where where is your club located exactly Morgantown West Virginia we are located in Morgantown West Virginia so we we we, we were had a couple of teams and we added teams and then obviously I connected with James here and we started doing things together and we actually still share players to this day um, some of his players play with that boys team too as well some of the girls in his program came and play with our team, and it's a little bit different here. In so West you, Virginia. so you guys have boys and girls on 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 your in your club, yes. right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Now, future, you primarily are a boys a boy. You don't do you have a girl side? No, not not anymore. Our, our girls kind of aged out. We we actually John John Washington again calling his name because he was very instrumental in where we are and what we've done. Um, mm -hmm. uh, John, I think he has about seven D1 girls playing now nice. um, under his tutelage. Yeah. So, so, but no, not, not anymore, but that is, that is something that we're going to start because we need to get back into that. 
Right, right, right. Girls, yeah. And, and you know, it's it's funny. Just as a quick aside, you were also one of the first clubs to have young women playing with the fellas. Oh, I mean, and and I remember, I remember playing against you guys. Well, my older boy, not me, but my older boy right. playing against your team. And also, I mean, obviously, we were all we were seeing each other all the time, anyway. And, and and you know, I thought that that was I thought that was awesome. The girls ladies, could play. I mean, could play. play. That was the first thing. Yeah. They could play. Yeah, yeah, they could play. So, so okay. So Cornell, go ahead, finish up. <laughs> yeah. So we um we we you know and then we kind of started growing and before you know you know it's 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 a full blown club in Morgantown and we were kind of competing with the other club in the area. So it's a small area and it's Morgantown. You guys have more for population. Um, so that's why we kind of started partnering with James and Soccer Vision to get quality teams and players because we just don't, we, di we didn't really have the numbers, but it was still working out. So we were getting kids now from Frostburg, Maryland coming to play. We are getting kids from the Pittsburgh area. We are getting wow. kids from surroundings in West Virginia. We had kids driving two and a half hours from Charleston, West Virginia to come and train and play with us because we just, the numbers, but we were doing, you know, we were coming up and, and competing and doing well. Mm -hmm. And that particular one boys team, you know, they, they were really a quality team. And then we what started. Year, what year was that team? Um, that team, Elijah is at the U14, U15 level. So it gotta be about seven years ago. Um, they were at, at U12. We had that group from like a U12 group, I would mm -hmm. say, U11, U12 group. So mm -hmm. my son is 21 years old now. So that's like 10 years, maybe at, at least, you know, eight, nine years. James, yeah. what do you think? When we started that group, so it was a very good group. And, you know, we started getting boys from all over. And then that, that group kind of started attracting more and more kids um, for us. And that's how we started growing. But now we change, our name has now changed the FC Alliance because we partner, like I run the North and my other partner run the South. So we kind of changed the name. Um, I was Fury, he was Charleston. So we combined the name and we just call it Alliance, Fury Charleston Alliance. Uh -huh. And that's how we come with um, FC Alliance now. Um, okay. And you know, we still, you know, we share players. He's in the North, sorry, he's in the South, I'm in the North. We share players back and forth. So you move, you move players between teams. And, and I, I assume that when you do that, because I know that if you, like my theory has always been, if, if you bring parents and players in to an age group and tell them, hey, you're going to move up and down based on, you know, what you earn, how you're playing, but we're going to make sure right. you play, right? And right. then, but, you know, for so many parents, they get so stuck on, oh, my team, my son's on the... Uh, Right, near, right, near elite, right, whatever, and right. it's like they don't understand that if their kid is playing there and sitting on the end of the bench, he could slide down one and be a, a, a viable part of a team, right? And, so, and feel because kids want to feel like they're helping. I mean, I've seen right. kids, I've seen dudes get medals and be like, "Why am I wearing this medal? The coach right. didn't even play me, you know? Right. They're in the picture looking all sad, you know, and." Right. And you know, and, and that's something we can we can talk about later too, because I'm sure parents want to know the logic behind how kids are getting played. Now, now, uh, Coach James, 
Yes, so sir. you were you were in West Virginia with with, with Cornell, correct? Gotcha. Right. And now you're in Ohio. Correct. And so what part of Ohio are you in? Uh, you can you can call it um, Niles, Niles, Ohio. Is mm -hmm. where we base the lot, I would say 10, 10 plus 10 plus years. Okay, and, and and where is that in relation to you have Cincinnati, Columbus, and Cleveland? That's really the only uh, places. Probably well, the, the the city that's kind of most famous to us is is Young Youngstown. Youngstown, okay, yes. Right, right, smack, right, right next to. Okay. White, uh, White Town. Okay, so you left you left West Virginia. Then what did you do when you got to? Uh, how did you come about putting together uh, Soccer Vision Academy? Well, believe it or not, my my expertise was really in, in the women's game mm -hmm. right so um when i came to 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 the u.s back in 1990 you know i'm coaching at, at a club level and kind of watching how this one club was operating right so you you leave college and you know you have a passion for for coaching I then got involved with coaching at the high school level and there are two trainer thoughts that came to mind you know how could I create an environment for kids to kind of experience what I went through being a student athlete and at the same time you know as a, as a high school coach the the dominant team at the time was Morgantown high school girls where the colonel is, is based and come to find out that at the time, the women's, the, the university head coach was the one who was behind developing the, the, the girls in that area, true club soccer. Mm -hmm. As I said to you before, Soccer Vision Academy originally was a concept that was built to do summer camps. And then I decided with my partner, you know, like I said, listen, if we created teams, then we'll be able to showcase what we, we are doing as coaches. But uh, he really wasn't feeling it. So he said, you know what, you just go go, uh, go ahead and, and do it. So in Wheeling, West Virginia, was where we first started with just two teams. And then being a, a, a head coach of different kind of universities, I kind of just maintained the whole SVA concept. Initially, being in the, the, the head coach at West, West Virginia Wesleyan, the college, we mm -hmm. still maintained damn teams. And then I moved on to Youngstown State University. Um, during that, that time, um, I kind of still stayed involved in, in the women's game at the, the, the ODP level. Then I worked with a youth national team on the girls' side for a, a number of years. Which, but, which, which, which national team? The U.S. national team or US national team? Like I had the luxury of working with players along the lines of Carly Lloyd when she was seventeen. Mm -hmm. Actually, had identified players like uh, Tobin Heath and and Crystal Dunn yo, yo, listen, Tobin Heath got touches, man. She got. She, she's, she got tackers, man. She can play. She can play. We, but James, James, 
Not to call. Let me add something to what James is saying here with the Soccer Vision Academy. The first group of girls from West Virginia who really experienced Division Two, Division One. Well, in Morgantown, that is, was as a matter of fact, it was the club who picked up the name called Soccer Vision. They had their team named Soccer Vision. I believe James let them use the name called Soccer Vision. And I was the assistant coach of that team. That was with Sydney Matini and all those girls, James, who went on to WVU and play. I mean, yeah. prior to that, you had other girls. But in Morgantown, we kind of took that same concept. And the team within the club was actually named Soccer Vision, was actually named Vision, Vision mm -hmm. Academy. And we would go to Disney and compete. And we had girls from all over West Virginia, basically, and a couple of girls from Pittsburgh area. I mean, these girls were driving two and a half hours to come to practice because of the of the whole vision concept. Mm. And 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 that team actually kind of in the whole state of West Virginia kind of set the platform as the if these girls can play at the next world well, division concept, if these girls can play at the next level, anybody can, as long as we kind of get the, the the quality together. And that's how we're kind of like, we kind of take that concept too, because we started joining players with the boys and it kind of catch on. So and I he had a lot say, to do with it. He kind of helped a lot with it too as well. I would, to I, I would even say on the girls' side, the first girl, girls' team we had in the mid-90s became one of the first teams out of the state of West Virginia to make it to a regional final. And back then... Mm -hmm. You know, we, you know, West, no West, West Virginia team could could compete with teams from you know, yeah, Maryland, Eastern PA, and such. But 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 as I was saying, you know, just going back to, to your point about to 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 Ben Heat as a, on a side on a side a sidebar. Um, the first time we we actually met at and Rhode Island University, I used to have a come by one of the fields every day before lunch and show her a move. I said, tease and tell her, listen, your, your, your dad is not from the, from the, from the, the U S you know, so she'd always say, show me a move, show me a move, you know? And, and I would say to her, like, listen, whatever happened in this life, don't ever let anybody strip you of your ability to take players, players on. They're going to try to make you into a, a past first player. Right. You you hold on to those to those talents, but but anyway, um, you know. So we kind of moved into the whole Ohio scene, and I spent another four years at at Youngstown State University. When I left that sit, situation, I decided to go back into SVA full time, and okay. we pretty much started with the concept. You know, I'm excited to hear my man doing well with his Ochi Boys Boys team. I also have a fairly dominant Ochi Boys team that started at the age of six, mm -hmm. right? And the concept was Project 24. And the mindset was to bring in 12 boys and 12 girls at the age of five and six. So they were the first class. And every year we've pretty much just added a new age group. To that okay um, so obviously in 10 years now we have this ultra boys team that's kind of leading uh, the pack and everybody we pretty much try to use you know uh, the model of how we develop those players as a 
as a as a main frame of how we pretty much went after developing a, a, the, the the other kids. Okay. Um, um. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna slide back over to to Glenn and uh, Mark. I'm I'm trying to figure out what drives you to keep coaching. Like, what is it? What is it about coaching that uh, that keeps you going? Because obviously all of you have dealt with frustrations. I don't know as much of, of, of Cornell and, and, and uh, coach James's <laughs> the, the barriers and things that they may have had to deal with, with developing a club. I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I'd never seen a black club in West Virginia. I saw, I saw a few come through uh, Germantown to play in some tournaments but I don't believe it was you guys. And, um, you know, and at the same time, it's just, you know, I, I kind of went through the same thing with, with, with our PG Young Boys group. And, you know, we, we kept them together. I mean, we played in a league in Germantown and we got the same reaction that Glenn, that Glenn, of course, it was a little later because these were like 04s and 05s, but they were like, you know, we go up there and we just played in the league because we had no, it was kind of like a, a side gig for all these kids because they were all from the same neighborhood, but already the bigger clubs were starting to pull players out of them. You see what I'm saying? So we would play with, you know, a bigger club. During, and then on Sundays, we would play at, at Soccerplex. Or actually, before these guys even got to, and now that I think about it, it was before they even got split up. We used to just let them play. And they and they played so much pickup. And, and it just, to see kind of like what you're saying, um, Anthony, is the, is the whole thing with when guys play together and steel sharpens steel, yes. it's just amazing if you can keep them playing together and, and with total approval of, like you say, being technical, um, playing kind of firmly, you know, I mean, my thing was, it, we're not going to sit here calling fouls because, you know, the truth of the matter was when we played together as a unit, they didn't give us fouls. So last thing I want is my kids sitting on their butt looking at a referee like I've seen before, just get up and keep playing because sometimes things, you know, <laughs> It's, it's not, it's not common to see a team. I mean, it's more common to see a team of Latino players than it is to see a team that's all black. Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, and I think that there was some, some people that didn't, they thought it was all, you know, quote unquote, uh, speed and athleticism when the truth of the matter is these guys are technical, they're hungry and they love to play. And the other thing is, for me, and I've said this over and over, I want to be entertained. A victory without flair, I'm like, you can do it. You can coach it up and win the game. But, I mean, and one of the things that, I mean, I've really enjoyed about, man, when I was watching Future on ESPN and just seeing seeing the touches and the, and the technical taking guys on and, and just, oh man, it was, it was, it was a thing of beauty. And to hear the commentators taking note of that, they didn't just say they were big and fast. You know what I mean? 
they were like, yo, these guys can play. And I'm sure that as a result of that performance that you guys have been contacted by quite a few schools and organizations and everything else. Is that a, is that a fair guess? Um, yeah, <laughs> I think I was contacted. We hadn't even left the, um, the complex after the game. Um, we went to the, the field, another field to kind of cool down um, and talk to the kids and the parents. And I think, again, I, I wasn't even out of the complex when I already had a coach, two coaches email me. So, so it was, you know, we weren't even finished yet. And uh, they started calling, started emailing, wanting to see and talk to the kids. So, you know, that, that's, that's, that's what, and it, it still hadn't stopped. You know, we were to, they had to reschedule, but, you know, one of the newscasters here, one of the news um, outlets here were to come to the field and do a story, talk to the kids, talk to the coach who is um, the head coach is uh, Mark Brown being assisted by Larry Mark. So um, they were to come to the field, but it rained and they had rescheduled. So that, that will be coming soon as well. So yeah, it, it uh, uh, Angela also Brooks County execs, all of them have, you know, put us out on Twitter and congratulated and everything else. So it was good. It was good. So this was this, this was the Dallas Cup. Was it the Dallas Cup? Yes. 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 Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah so that's that's a big event. That's a, that's that's yeah. And, 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 Dallas and win that. That's pretty good. And it's right. And, and these kids and it, these kids, as most knows, and so does Glenn. You know, we've had these kids together since they were six, seven, eight years old. The core right. of the team has been together since since you know they could they could walk and 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 tie their shoes so you know these kids have been together and and stuck together and stuck to i mean we we went a, a season not too long ago and didn't win a league game hmm. you know and the kids could have all left and done their own thing and and they just stayed together um one thing i can say before again coach mark and larry kane John Washington, who had the kids at that age, um, was a stickler about moves and the touches and 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 being creative and not just some, you know, a robot. You know, you you hear, you pass here. You know, he he was he he was very creative and if and, 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 formulas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it was, and he wanted all of them to be able to do it. You know, mm -hmm. so it was. These kids are creative. You can't put them in a box and just say, okay, when you're here, you just do this. No, you got to be able to create anywhere on the field. So that was, that was his motto. And, you know, it just kind of stuck and, and, and the club itself as well. Creative, creative, be creative. So it, it, it was good to hear them say it at the, and of course I didn't hear that until, we watch the game again, you know, again, you're not hearing the commentators on the nah, field. You don't, you don't. It, and it's, yeah. And it's just, like I said, I mean, to me, it was just, I was, I mean, I was crazy excited. I was, I was tweeting all kinds of stuff. That's when I knew you guys didn't have a Twitter account because I couldn't tag you. <laughs> at, at, at the time we had everything else. And like, like I told you, my, our guy who is in charge of that, he, he he does the promoting for 
the Washington Wizards. Um, <laughs> Don't put him on Front Street, Mark. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. But but he he came, he got it, he, he got look, we had everything else. Facebook, we had we had the Instagram or whatever and everything. So we had all of that. But yeah, we, you had, know, we, us, had, we had to we had to hashtag you. Because <laughs> you didn't have yeah. an account. Uh, look, look, uh, us old people don't do, you know, the young people don't do Twitter anymore. <laughs> you know, the young, the young people, people don't do now. They do Instagram. That's it. Yeah, they do Instagram and everything else. Yeah, so we were just following with the young kids. Correct. We, we follow what the young kids did. We, we yeah, didn't yeah, go yeah, with yeah, you yeah, old yeah, kids, Remember, man. remember yeah. the, the, the foundations, they run around, you know. Uh, of course. The information flies through Twitter. IG is where you, where you see the moves and the flair. Yeah, so you, you yeah. gotta you gotta keep track of all of them. Now, now, yeah. Danielle, what's what's y'all's thoughts on social media? Y'all, y'all got something going on? I mean, I I I'm a more the Facebook kind of guy, you know, <laughs> post here and there. I'm not I'm not I, I don't really do the Twitter and the Instagram and stuff like that a whole lot. It's just not me, you know what I mean? You know, right, but right. you know, like but but my business partner in the South, I mean, he would put something on 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 the news feed on on it's like every 20 minutes man i was like it's just too much you know? all right all right Lee, as long as you got somebody somebody got you because you know yeah. one of one of the things that i've noticed right because i used to do these open runs we call them no mercy open runs right and it was basically like you come out you set up your teams you one and done boom they hit a goal on you get off right and you go and get back in line to play. And so when we first started doing it, I would have parents coming up. They're like, uh, I, I think you need to redo the teams because this team keeps winning. And I'm like, no, <laughs> it doesn't matter because eventually they'll get tired. Someone's going to knock them off. Somebody's not going to drop back and cover. They're going to make a mistake. Right. And then and then the next week when you came, and, and, I, and I say this, I say, uh, you know, Pickup soccer is promotion and relegation every single time you step to the field. Because yeah. um, I remember we were doing a, uh, I did a, 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 I organized a camp, um, did the administration on Howard's soccer camp, right? And I'll never forget, I was working with uh, Philip Jow, and Philip, Philip would be running the kids through the drills. So, of course, the way he would set the drills up, he knew some of the kids and it'd be like, okay, you know, the, the dudes who could really fly through, it didn't matter your age. It just mattered if you had the technique to do it. Right. They would do. So one, one kid in particular, he looked over and he saw, you know, guys he knew or whatever, and he hopped in line, right? And so every time he went through, he was, he was backing up the whole line, right? Because they were doing some kind of cone Labat drills or something. And so Philip just says, stop. And he, he said, he said, listen, um, he said, is, is that the way you do your drills when you're playing with your club? And he said, yeah. And he asked him what the name of his club was. And the kid told him, I'm not going to blow anybody up. And he said, well, that's not good enough here. So the kid kind of went kind of lackadaisical still. So then we go inside to do futsal. And what he realized was he got picked last. I mean, he got picked behind kids that were two, three years younger. Yeah, yeah. And he's salty, like, yo, what's going on? 
And so when he gets out there and, they, and he sees the way these kids are playing, and when I tell you, I saw such a change in that player. By the time he finished, his, he came for like three weeks. He had improved and his mentality, everything. That's what it he is. A, he started working. And he went from being on the B team of his club to currently he might be the top guy in his age group on that team and able to play up. And I know that all the academies, everybody was kind of ringing his bell. I mean, you've had kids on your team that have done, you know, that have said, nah, we're going to stay right here. But the thing about it is that that's how kids turn into players the other kids turn you into players we've had kids show up and the, and the father or mother say oh yeah he plays all the time with his cousins in the backyard you're like oh okay they get out there and i've seen kids go to the car basically like i'm never coming back and then i've seen kids they just keep coming back and their hope is okay i was picked last the first couple of times now i'm up in the middle of the of the draft you know they want to work their way to the top and that's kind of the way, you know, I feel like it has to go. And, and so, you know, I just to see these kids do that and to see coaches allow them to to compete. You yeah, know players, I mean? no players, right? Players, no players. That's how it yeah, is. Ballers, no ballers. That's yeah, ballers, no ballers. That's what I always yeah. say. And yeah. so, you know, you can yeah. you can talk and, and, and do all of that. And that's why they like, you know, when they get a clip on Instagram or something and. You know, like these, these, there's people like DMV highlights and you can send something in if the kid does something. And if that kid gets on there, whew, you can't tell them nothing. Yeah. Right? Nothing. You can't tell them anything. Yeah. No, yeah. no. Second, they want to start running the practice now. They, they run the <laughs> practice now, man. <laughs> Please. Yeah. You yeah. But, hey, but most, you know. I wanted, to, um, I wanted to kind of touch back in on the question that you asked earlier. Uh-huh. Um, from Mark and myself, and that is what keeps you coaching? Mm-hmm. Um, for me, what keeps me coaching is um, it's, it's several things, but um, one of the main things is I know what soccer did for me um, as a young man and the different places that it took me um, to Europe, you know, all across the United States, to Howard University. Um, and the experiences that I had going to these different places, um, you know, going from, you know, a young kid to a young man and uh, the opportunities that it provided me. Um, and I wanted to pay that forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the game. Yeah, obviously. Um, but I felt a responsibility, not just to my son, but other kids as well. Um, I knew if I didn't do it, that they would never get the chance. So um, with that kind of motivation behind me and knowing, you know, we're obviously uh, the type of teams that we have going to different parts of the country or it could be Maryland, Virginia, wherever, you're going to run into problems looking like we look. But we almost carry, we carry a chip on our shoulder because of that. So when we arrive and, and we're getting all these hits, right? And they're like, who are all these black kids? Who are all these Latino kids going around here? You know, they, they're in the wrong sport. And then we go out there and we ball them 7-8-0. And mm-hmm. it's like, 
we it, it, it's a it's a pride thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And 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 honestly, uh, along with the knocks of uh, you know having teams that look like ours and you know not getting calls and not being you know, like Mark was saying at first, not getting in the NCSL or any just any of these other things, it pushes you to push the envelope. Um, and also, you know, it, it motivates your kids because you tell your kids, hey, you're going to get treated unfairly. This is life, right. not just in soccer, but in corporate America. And, and, you know, walking down the street, being profiled, driving in your car. So it's almost like soccer was an introduction to what these real life have to do as adults. Yeah. Yeah. In real life. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's where my mentorship comes in beyond just the pitch. And so, um, you know, uh, I, I feel like I have a responsibility to do that, and that that's why I continue to to coach. So 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 Glenn, I can feel you on that, right? Because I think you know, in in SSSVA, right, Vision Academy, one of our core values is what we call being a person for, for others, right? And on a personal level, I always wanted to be a teacher, you know, and, I, and through the game of soccer, through coaching, I've come to the realization it's, it's been my um, uh, uh, calling, right? Because you get a chance to work with kids and to allow them to, to see or develop at times into their very best, best selves. You know, and I see it as, you know, you get to do this through the, the medium of a game that you tru- truly love. You know, so I would always say to, to, to our kids, especially our Ochi boys, I would always say to them, hey guys, whenever we step on the field, win, draw, or lose, we're always winning, right? Because going back to, you know, where you guys are coming from, even when we started in West Virginia, Virginia was like West Virginia, who? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or is like, yeah. like Ohio? Like you guys are leaving all the way from Ohio to come to Virginia and Maryland and Florida and California to play, you know? Um, so I would say to them, you know, we, we pretty much wear it proudly, you know? Um, but that to, to me has been that driver, you know, like you leave college thinking I want to be an engineer <laughs> only to realize by year three that coaching, teaching this game called football, right, was where your true passion lay, you know. So um, that remains the driving force. And then when you see the kids, you know, get to a certain level, it's like, for example, I told you guys prior, like, my specialty is is in the women's game. You know, I'm watching our full national team play um, at the, the the World Cup, right? And there's a a player in the team. I name up Abby Dal Dal Kemper. Yeah, I know. Well, I had Abby when she was 14 in California, Region Four kid, who comes in as a striker. And this guy with an accent is saying to her, Abby, your best bet to make this national youth team is as a center back. Well, poor girl is hating on me Sunday, Monday, she's still mad at her coach. Tuesday, she's kind of trying it. Wednesday, she's a little bit more comfortable doing it. Thursday, a little bit more uh, buying. 
before you know it, right? Your 14 national team center back, your 17 national team captain is center back, UCLA center back, full national team center back. You know what I'm saying? So you understand what that kid went, went through from this age to get to this level. You know what I'm saying? So like, so when I look at some of these little things, you know, it's like, cause you never know who you're going to touch. Right. You never know who, who you're going to impact on a daily basis. You know what I'm saying, and I think all of us are very fortunate to have this game that we truly, truly love, that we can do that that type of work, uh, uh, work in, you know. Right, and I mean, and and like I said, I mean, there's a there was, uh, you know, our guy Brandon uh, runs a Paragon Football Club. Mm -hmm. He wasn't he wasn't able to make it tonight because he's dealing with some old politics, and I want to congratulate. Uh, his team, they 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 won their round of 16 game uh, in the Maryland State Cup, you know, and, you know, I, I think that the one thing that I would like, you know, I do this kind of for the parents and the kids and to create pathways. So I'm using this medium. I talk to, I mean, if, you know, college coaches that are looking for ballers. We have a lot of ballers, but we may not necessarily have the built-in, you know, my 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 dad played with your dad or something like that that we can uh -huh. bounce to. So I'm gonna send that message out to the coaches. Also, we have some international connections. We'll be doing some 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 showcases and things as well as like I said, we're gonna be playing street ball all summer. I got the parks and planning to commit to that here in uh, Prince George's County, and both on futsal courts and on grass. But also, you know, my hope is that for parents, they understand that coaches are not just guys that can that can get your kid from <clears throat> A to B. They have to be someone who you respect and would like to right. teach your child about life. So if you don't think that they are a good person, they can't be a good coach. That's just right. my opinion. And that's my thing too, with, with one of the reasons why I get into coaching too, because I mean, I obviously grew up in Trinidad, only sport I've ever played. I've never played baseball, basketball, football, none of that stuff. Just straight up, we call it Trinidad football. Had an opportunity to come to the US, played in St. Louis, small college, Missouri Baptist, and then transferred to West Virginia. And that's how I kind of end up in Morgantown um, back in like 2000, you know. Mm -hmm. And and while I was here, we had about three different coaches. When I got the coach recruited me, left, <laughs> went up to New York. And then another coach came in and then we had this one coach who was, this is how I kind of start getting to coach and very disrespectful, cussing, yelling at players. And I was like, you know what, man? I want to start coaching because I believe you got to treat players with respect. You got to treat players the right way. And um, started coaching in, within the little, you know, rec organization um, because that time, you know, Elijah was playing and, and kind of like, look, I believe you got to treat players the right way. Um, and once you give players that respect, they would perform for you. A lot of coaches, I think, they think if you yell and scream and, 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 and act this way, that's all they get players to play for them. I believe there's a different way to reach players for them to perform for you without... You know, being crazy. ignorant. Yes, 
Yes, yeah, yes, well, you got to well, be able I to mean, reach players. I just, don't, I just don't think players that are playing in fear are giving you the best That's self. correct. And the other side of it is that, you know, these kids, what they take out of it is this. And I know this with, I got three boys. They can tell you the coaches that they thought were great. Mm -hmm. And then they got coaches they didn't think so. So if they get into coaching, they're going to take all the good parts of what they saw in the coaches and the coaches that did things that they thought were horrible. Hopefully they know yeah. better than to do those things. They won't repeat right. it. Right. So the thing is, I mean, you ultimately learn from every coach you've had, but those, you may not learn what those coaches think that they, that what they want to claim that they taught you. You see what I'm saying? So, I mean, like I said, as coaches, and, and, I, and I do understand that, um, you know, there can be cultural barriers that make it so that these coaches don't know how to relate to kids. Mm -hmm. And that's why and, it's good. Yeah. It's good to find, I mean, my kids have had coaches of all different backgrounds, right? But I've met I've met guys that played soccer and say, you know, I've never had a coach that looked like me. Yep. You know, yeah. and people can people can say, well, it doesn't matter. You know, football is football. Mm, I don't know that that's necessarily true because sometimes I, I don't think that's true as well. I, that, that's not necessarily true. Most you're correct. I, I, I think with with that, it, it's funny how I got into it. It's my dad coached me as a kid in every sport from mm -hmm. basketball to, to track, to baseball, to soccer. And, and with me, it was funny because my, my, and I was good at soccer as a kid. Now I'm, I'm in a, in a, in a, in a, in a neighborhood where we're maybe one of three families that are black. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I go to DeMatha my, my freshman year. And, but all, and again, you know, PG County, this is basketball, football territory. This, this isn't soccer at all. Mm -hmm. And going there freshman year, they, you know, the, the, the guys are asking me to play soccer, but all the black kids are playing basketball and football. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I'm just going to go play basketball and football because that's what they're doing. And not what I was, you know, what I was, I was good at it, but I, you know, I'm, I'm going to go with them. And then, so that, that kind of pushed me off of soccer until my kids got of age to play. Mm -hmm. But to, to, to kind of go back and, and with me, because my, my dad coached, my dad was commissioner, my dad was this, that, and the other. It was in my blood. I had no choice but to coach and do everything else because I'm just following in his footsteps. This is what I saw growing up. This is what I know to do. And this is what I'm doing. You, you know, <laughs> I grew up in New Jersey where my neighborhood, like to the left of me was mostly black folks. To the right was white folks. The school mm -hmm. was mixed, but it was, I guess we were maybe 20 to 30%, depending on which level we were at. And my mom got me turned on to soccer and I loved it. But you know what? 
my neighborhood friends were like, man, why are you doing that? Yeah, there you go. What are you, you doing? Go. And I, but I didn't go. care. But you know what? I was also the dude on a skateboard too back then. I loved mm -hmm. riding a skateboard. So I just did what I wanted to do. But the funniest thing I remember is how many times I played and I got spoken to in so many languages. Like, and, and it was like nobody just, they just assumed I wasn't American. And what's funny is now I realize some of it was Patois, you know what I'm saying? But I didn't know it. So I didn't know what was going on. I was like, huh? And they were talking to me and I was like, what? And, um, but the thing about it is when I got here and we started like, you know, I started Boys and Girls Club too, a buoy. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I was like, you know, I thought I was gonna, like I said, pop open my chair and watch my kid become a star. And I got pulled into the coaching and, and, and I got to know guys that knew how to coach. You understand? So the first, you know, groups of guys that, like, like I said, when we formed Quick Feet with, uh, with Justin Reed, you know, he let us know. He's like, look, man, travel soccer is not rec soccer. <laughs> and I was like, nah, I, got, I picked out all the good kids. I've been there for like a season and a half. I know all the good kids, we're gonna win everything. Now I wasn't like that. No, and, you sir. Know, and what and what parents have to realize, and and and, and all of you know, there's levels to this. And yep. you can think, you can put yourself in a situation where you're the best, but trust and believe, there's always another level. So you have to stay humble, keep your kids humble. And, and, and let them play like, you know, I got to keep getting better because there's somebody waiting to take my job. Because right now, once they, where your guys are going next to college or if God bless them, if somebody's going pro, man, it's a whole different beast. It's a whole nother animal, whole yeah. nother animal. Yeah. And they have yeah. to have the mental fortitude and, and be able to deal with, I mean, and, and as they get older, the injuries, the injuries are crazy. Like, it's little things, but it's part of the process, right? And I mean, and I see you guys handle the women's game too. I, I've never seen so many knee braces on young ladies yeah. as I do when watching college yeah. soccer. They won't even let you on the field on a men's team with a knee brace like that. But that ACL stuff and, and all of that, that's... That's real. That's real. That, that's real. And, you know... And I mean, I'm sure I'm one day I'm going to I'm going to put together a woman's game uh, podcast. So I may reach back out to you guys <laughs> that are that are on the women's side because it's not something I'm real familiar with. But, you know, um, guys, um, I'm going to I'm going to shut it down. And and I want to thank you for coming on. I may bring you guys back. I may bring it back with a with a pool of other coaches, because I'm sure I'm going to have some other folks reach out to me. Um, but again, I want to thank you for taking your time to talk to me and, and, to, and to my uh, constituents. And, you know, uh, if you want to give us your social media, I don't know if you know your social media there, Mark. I might have to give it out. Yeah, you're going to have to give it out, man. <laughs> it's just, you got to get that out. I, you know, I know it's Facebook. <laughs> you talking about something kids don't look at? Yeah, yeah, no, I got no Facebook. <laughs> Facebook, that's for my relatives and I, and my, right, right, and my right. people I went to high school with. Yeah, I, I can tell you that. College. Right, right, right. 
but but okay. So anyway, we got Future Monarchs, and uh, I know they have Twitter and um, <laughs> they have, you can go through my uh, at pgyoungboys.com Twitter feed. You'll find them, and they're and on Instagram, Instagram and too. Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, we 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 need to get um these guys together, man. I'm thinking you guys get a good old tree squad. James get a good old tree squad too, man. That'll be a nice little, that'll be a nah, nice little hey, game. Hey, hey, look, w- w- one thing that'll about us. That'll be a us. nice little game because I'll tell you what, right now ain't nobody competing with James' team. They winning everything, you know what I mean? Hey, hey, look. Hey, 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 hey. We will travel. One thing about our kids. Hey, we, we'll come, James, you, you know. bring your guys to that East Coast thing, man. Let's get these guys to the East Coast showcase. That'll be a showdown. All the, <laughs> all the college coaches I, we can have I out can there. I'll tell you guys something here. Um, and and Mo, uh, it's kind of funny how things go in circles, right? So I, I'm actually working with Justin Reed as well on Quick Feet. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm helping him out on the weekends with the, with the young kids. And uh, Justin and I are also starting a tournament called PC Cup. And the plan is to eventually uh, make this tournament uh, uh, basically like the Dallas Cup of the East Coast. When is it? Um, the tournament is July 2nd through the 5th. So okay. I can shoot you guys that information, but I, I promise you, you know, you guys come through and, and, and we can make it happen. We can make it happen. Isn't that regional time? Isn't that doing regionals? Um, it is during regional times. It is so, um, you know, we'll have to see if that interferes. Most of the yeah. that we're right. playing right now, um, they're in state cup. So, you know, obviously, mm-hmm. if you if you win your state and you go on to regionals, and you know, that's going to trump being here. Mm-hmm. But ninety nine percent of teams are not going to be in regionals. So, <laughs> right. Okay. So we got we got FC Alliance. I guess we have to look you up on Facebook. I'm sure you're on there somewhere. Your other guy got you. I, I, I got a lot of stuff on my personal page too, but we got our FC Lance North. <laughs> we got FC Lance South. James can tell you, you know what I mean? I mean, all right. I, and, and then I got yeah. I got my guy, my guy James is Soccer Vision Academy on Instagram. I looked him up today. I'm following him. Anybody that wants to go to our I'm fine. I'm gonna follow all I follow all these guys on my Instagram, which is pgyoungboys.com. And again, I want to thank you guys. And, um, you know, we're going to have to do this again soon. All right. Yeah, we are. Sure. And James, I do want to talk, James, because we do need to get these O3s together. Yeah, for sure. Oh, and and, for and sure. play. Seriously. For sure. for sure. Plus, we we are traveling too. 